0: Hello good people, welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, thanks so much for being with us. Do the superpower that no one ever recognizes as the superpower that it is, <laughs> <laughs> vulnerability. You know, I, I, through a lot of my life, I'm a gen, genuinely kind of vulnerable guy. I, I When I preach, I say things that people sometimes afterwards are like. Did you really feel comfortable revealing that much about yourself? <laughs> you know, uh, when I'm, uh, you know, sharing with friends, I'm like, it's always like right out there. Uh, if I'm, I don't know, if I'm with a boss or with an employee, like I'm, I'm sharing what's in my heart, and I've misinterpreted that in my own life as a weakness because when you're vulnerable and you live kind of with your heart out there, sometimes people take advantage of that. Sometimes you get hurt by people. And I, I recently had this sister who prays for me all the time, just randomly sent me a, a text. She said, Chris, I've been thinking about you, that, that, that part of you that I, I think that you interpret as a weakness is actually your greatest strength. And she said, and Jesus was vulnerable. And he lived his life vulnerable. And dude, I started contemplating that after she wrote this, of how our God, the maker of space and time, became a baby. What's more vulnerable than that? Actually, there's an answer to that question, bread. And that this baby then grew up and, and had his heart open to the world. I love the image of the Sacred Heart. This is not a protected heart. This is a heart that's on fire, thorns, in pain. That the Sacred Heart died in a cross, arms outstretched, totally open to all our attacks. The way that people have, have seen the gods that they've made up for themselves, the Zeuses of history, has been these gods that are so powerful that nothing will penetrate them. And when God actually revealed himself to us, it's a, something we could never have imagined. It's a God who's so powerful that everything penetrates him. And that's okay. This is vulnerability, guys. It's a superpower. It, it enables you to live free of what people think of you because you just tell them. It enables you to, uh, to build real friendship. <laughs> it enables you to power, empower and liberate other people. It enables you to to know your limits so you're not constantly exhausted. They'd be okay with those limits. But I'll tell you what, that, that power to build real authentic friendship. When the church has small group friendship communities that are vulnerable and real with each other, I am convinced this is not only a key to tapping into your superpower, it's not only a key to finding your happiness and joy, it's a key to changing the world. I'm so stoked to have a guest back with us today who's going to dive all into this. Thanks for being with us. If you missed my last show with John Edwards, you have to watch it. Google Chris Stefanik John Edwards. You'll have an easier time spelling Edwards than Stefanik. <laughs> it's not even fair. You can also catch all his stuff on Just a Guy in the Pew. So just look up John Edwards, yep. Just a Guy in the Pew. He's got a YouTube page. He's got a podcast. He's got amazing. He's got an amazing men's ministry. Mm-hmm. But in that last interview, dude, you modeled everything I just said. <laughs> Yeah. okay like this is in, intense amounts of vulnerability so thanks for modeling that yeah, you're
1: welcome i figured we ought to show people instead of just tell them about it right <laughs> yeah like you just you take you take your
0: heart and just just put it out there to the world right. yeah and uh when, when we were talking about vulnerability earlier today on my other podcast sure uh you, you had uh you had brought up a scripture that, that was that fits this perfectly this, this concept yeah. of of vulnerability and weakness making
1: you strong sure yeah it's second corinthians 12 9 and it's where st paul is crying out to the lord three times you know to remove a thorn from his side and you know every time the lord's saying no and finally you know it says there that my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness mm-hmm. and you know we don't understand that as people today you know as men especially we we go about believing in what the world says about vulnerability that it's weak that it's less masculine that you're susceptible to attack that that you're basically setting yourself up for failure And so that's the way we go about our life. We sort of harden our hearts and we protect ourselves and always have a defensive position. But St. Paul in that moment, God really looked at him and said, no, you need that. You need that thorn on your side to realize that you need me, Mm -hmm. right? In that moment, power, you know, my power is made perfect in weakness. Power and weakness, strength and vulnerability, they don't make sense unless you understand the word of God and know God and know what Mm -hmm. he calls us to. Because he's saying you're nothing really without me, you need me, right? Surrender Mm -hmm. and allow me to do the things that you cannot do. And so Saint Paul bursts with joy after that and says, if I'm to boast, let me boast only of my weaknesses, my hardships, my difficulties, my injuries, my insults, because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Yes. He's like, I get it. I've spent my whole life doing this and I don't have to. Yeah. Because it's about the Lord doing what I can't. That's the true strength, is when we we <laughs> surrender ourselves and we don't, we don't build these walls and these masks and all that stuff. We just, this is who I am in my broken mess, and the Lord accepts it and he wants to transform it and use it for his plan of salvation.
0: And the beauty is you are open
1: to attack when you're vulnerable. Yeah.
0: But it's okay when you're in the Lord because right. like you have the only thing you really need. That's right, amen. Yeah. When you said that, I actually got the image of, uh, I, I, was, I used to obsess on samurais as a kid. Oh, yeah. The cool thing about how they attack is like, When they attack, they're completely exposed. Yeah, all their entrails are open in front of their enemies. (laughs) Like, go ahead, you can stick me right now. Yeah, you know, this is the Christian life. It's like, you know, there's a higher cause that I'm going for. I'll put everything in the line for it. It is. Oh man, praise God for your vulnerability. Okay, so it's because I mean, this your spirit of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I I attribute the men's ministries that you're starting to the vulnerability inside of you. Yeah, to the way you're able to share your story. And you stumbled into a men's ministry, just because you're vulnerable. <laughs> and and <laughs> <laughs>
1: basically, that's a that's a good way to sum <laughs> right? that up. Yeah, yeah like,
0: who you are started the ministry. Yeah, that's just a cool
1: thing to think of, man. Yeah. Actually,
0: who you are because of your wounds that were redeemed started the ministry. Yeah. But tell us about the the uh, epicenter of your of your men's ministry. Yeah,
1: man. Like that whole thing started with um, where we left off in the last episode. I guess was um, you know I'd been to this men's conference. This guy was telling me his sins and. Asking me to talk to him about the Holy Spirit, I went and sat down with him and I started sharing all this. And and at the end of it, he said, You need we should start a men's group. And I thought, yeah. No, I'm not your guy. Like, you asked me to come do something, I've I've completed that task. I'm done. Like I'm going home. And he wouldn't stop. This guy was like, he was a gift from God. He was relentless. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And so finally I was like, no, no, no. Why not? Why not? Why not? And I finally said, dude, I can't. I was arrested on a felony charge of cocaine less than a year ago. I'm not your guy. And he looks at me. With this goofy look on his face, and he goes, Wow, it's amazing. You should start a men's group. And I was like, dude, are you on cocaine? Like, you should probably test that. Like, because that's not what I was expecting. And so I, I was, I just sat there and, and he convinced me. He said, Dude, like, you're not the only one that has trouble. And like, we should start this and you should tell me, look at all mm. you just sat here and shared with me. Mm. You know this stuff. Most men don't. And so he convinced me. And I remember I went home and told my wife, and she's like, you're, you're, you're gonna what? You know, she was kind of like, I don't see that happening either. But we called um, 30 men, I think it was, in a room that he knew some, I knew some. We had a great men's club at our, at our parish and school. They cook barbecue, raise money, and make money for you know, jerseys and all that stuff. But we never talked about Jesus. It was beer drinking and barbecue. And so we called these guys together. It was a Wednesday night. I was nervous and scared to death. I I was gonna vomit all the way there because I knew what I was gonna have to do. I was like, I'm basically gonna go in here and tell guys every dark secret of my life. So it was a time of year wow. where it was dark outside at like 5.30. They were all in there, had no idea what they were called here. I walk up, I can see in the room, they can't see me, and I reach for the door handle and the devil starts to beat on me, right? right? You, John, you open that door, you're going to lose everything. You go in there and do what you're going to do, they're going to kick your kids out of this parish. Think how embarrassed your wife's going to be. They probably won't even let you go to church here anymore. You're going to lose every friend you made this whole year not telling them the truth. You know what Revelation
0: calls the devil? The, yeah. the accuser. The accuser of our brother. Right? Yeah. And and good on you for recognizing where that was coming from. Because a lot of us have those voices in our heads and, and not not that it's literally a demon sitting on your shoulder, but also is kind of literally a demon. Yeah. So like, yeah. There's the natural thought processes and fixation on the negative. But I really there are dark spirits oh, yeah. interacting with those natural processes. Yeah. And the devil's greater victory than us falling is him keeping us down because he convinces us never get up, never start over. That's that's all that you are. Yeah. Oh man. Well, so that's you, so you you heard you hear that voice and uh well the best thing to do is what you did.
1: Yeah. well I turned around. You and don't act walking. on that on that, on that voice. <laughs> I did. I turned around at first and I made about 3 steps and then I heard what you know we hear about in the Old Testament that God isn't in the earthquake or the storm or you know he's or the fire he's in the uh he's in the the, the still small whisper. And I just heard him say, "John, you told me you were going to be different." You know, oh. turn around and open the door and so I turned around scared to death, shaken and you know, open the door and walk in there and all these guys were. what are we doing here? You know, I was like, great, this is exactly where I wanted the crowd when yeah. I walked in. And I go in and, and my buddy Jay shows up and, and he sits down and I said, look guys, very quickly, uh, we don't have anything spiritual for men here. we got a great men's club, we raise money, we do great stuff for the kids, but we never talk about Jesus. And let mm-hmm. me tell you what can happen in your life when that's the case. And I went, Blah. And I poured every detail out for an hour. I was sobbing and ugly snot crying and all and this again, stuff. And if again, you, if you
0: haven't seen the last episode, yeah. you need to watch that episode yeah. uh, where John is telling his whole story. Yeah. Coke addict, jail, redemption. Sure. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so I'm sitting there, and I tell this, and I'm just watching guys' eyes getting bigger and bigger, and they're looking at each other like, dude, this is not what we expected. We thought we were going to have to clean up the parish or something. And all of a sudden, yeah. this guy's pouring his soul out. So all of a sudden, uh, I come to the end, and I'm like, guys, that's, that's it. Uh, this isn't an, an entrapment. Like You didn't know why you were here. If you want to leave, leave. But I can't be the only one who's broken. And and I can't be the only one that needs a savior and needs help and needs friendships and, and all this stuff. And I said, so if you want to stay, I, we'll, I want to start a men's ministry. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't. And I'm going to be honest about that, but I'm willing to try to figure it out. And I sat down like a sack of potatoes, and I expected everybody to leave. And the guy who invited me to do it stood up, and I thought, man, surely you're not leaving. You're the one that got me into this. <laughs> But he, I looked up, and he was crying, and he just said, I'm a terrible husband and father. I care more about my job and money than I do my wife and kids, by the way I spend my time. Wow. The next guy stood up, and he said, y'all don't know this, but I'm getting a divorce. My wife's already moved out. I'm addicted to porn. The next guy stood up, and he said, I've been in a hotel room drinking a case of beer today. We have nine kids. My wife and I fight. I like to escape. She stays at home. My work thinks I'm at home sick. She thinks I'm at work, and I've been getting hammered in a hotel room all day. And Chris, one after another, it was like pistons in an engine, one up, one down, one up, one down, all the way around the room, and every man in there poured out their soul about something that was wrong in their life. And that's when I saw the power of of vulnerability in a man's life. I was like, we're all carrying this brokenness. We all know we're broken, but we don't want to say we're broken, but we all know it. It's the dumbest thing ever. We spend so much energy trying to hide all this stuff. When I know you're broken, I may not know with what. Yeah, yeah but I know you're not perfect, and you know no, I'm not perfect, but we spend so much time trying to convince everybody we are. Huh. And literally what God's saying is like, no, like just my power is made perfect in your weakness. Admit it. Let huh. me fix it. Let me make you better. Let me make you what I'm, I designed you to be. Why do we do that, John? Because Especially it's, guys. It's what the world tells us, and we, we walk, yeah. you know how it is, walking in a room full like of guys. People are alpha-dogging it every right, right? You walk in, you're like, all right, I think I, I, think I can take him. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm pretty Jason Bourne in the room, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and we do that naturally It's because... <laughs> Jason bourne the yeah, room. Yeah, that's right. I usually sit on <laughs> my back so I can see all exits oh, yeah. and everything against the wall. But no, honestly, Chris, I think, you know, I'm 40, i be 44. I think you're 46. Yeah, yeah. Anybody our age or close to it has usually been raised by that age of men. They were just like, no, your job is to put your head down, work hard, never complain, mm-hmm. don't need anybody or anything. If you do, you're not a man. Don't have emotions. Figure it out. If you ask somebody and you need help, you're not a man. And so we go through life white-knuckling our lives because if we don't, we're not a man. And God forbid that we're not a man because right. then the pride kicks in. Right. But what God's saying is like, no, you need other people and you need me first and foremost, right? So lay that stuff down. Get that mess out of your life. And that's what those men saw that night. Mm-hmm. And I've seen fruit of guys taking on running Corsillo in the diocese, all these things, oh, guys that God. were nowhere near God because they realized, like, I don't have to be perfect. Mm. Right? And so we started that night. We we, we started with, like, a Matthew Kelly book because yeah. for some reason one dude had, like, 40 of them in his car. I don't know why. But we started using that. No one ever has just It's like Doritos. <laughs> That's right. You can't have just one. That's right. So we started reading Resisting Happiness or something, and then we started watching videos. But it was all about, just showing up and talking about our joys and our successes, mm. and accepting each other in those mm. things, First and our guy. faults and our failures. Mm. Man, <laughs> I, I, I swear, I, th- I
0: think that the fear of just being real. Yeah, is we all have these lies in our heads. Like, like there's that one, like you, you gotta be perfect to be a man. Mm-hmm. It's reinforced by everything online. Yep, you know, and if you're in a public ministry, you're putting yourself out there. And, and the lie I tell myself is, I have to say everything perfectly because I can get canceled. Yeah, right. Whereas if I'm vulnerable, I'll just tell the world, like, hey, I'm going to say things imperfectly. And if you point out something wrong, guess what? Right. I can apologize and retract because. Like, sure. Or at least I should be able to if you're not all canceling <laughs> on me. And if you are, go ahead and cancel me because I, I didn't subscribe. You can't cancel me. That's right. Me. Boom. Because there's see one him.
1: opinion that matters and it's not yours. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but there's there's this, this fear of vulnerability. Um, that that really keeps us away from each other, and and yeah. we use things like you were saying, like guys get together and have, it's all about the beer and brats or the football game. Yeah, you know? like we literally insert these things between us because we're afraid to ask that question. Hey man, how are you? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> we could be like with a with a bro for a weekend. Come home, your wife's like, "How's he doing?" Like, how am I supposed to know? Yeah, because you spent the entire weekend together. <laughs> <laughs> that, you're, you got to ask yeah. the question.
1: You do, and and we don't want to, and. Chris, I mean, I've been traveling for a while now and going to existing groups, trying to help them yeah. with a new format and all those things. And, and what I hear so often is, is men, we can be prideful. Like, we've been meeting in this group for the you know for you know, 16 years with the yep. same 35 guys. And they'll ask a question. I'll say, who's that? Oh, well, that's Tim. Okay, well, tell me about Tim. Well, Tim works at FedEx. He's married and he has two daughters. Okay, that's tell all me you know? about Tim.
0: 35 years? Yeah. Tell yeah. me about Tim.
1: What do you mean? What does he struggle with? What's he dealing with? What's his job like? What's his hobbies? What's his relationship like with his daughter, with his wife? Yeah. Where is he in his life? Like, because at that point yeah. we're surface, we're staying on the surface.
0: And sometimes we put like I said beer and broads in a football game. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, but, but sometimes we put things that are really good between us. Right. Like here's a Bible study. Amen. But we'll never ask the question, "How are you doing? How can I pray for you?" Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I I think a lot of the programs we use, and I create a lot of these programs, mm-hmm. so I I'd, I'd never say like you never need them. Sure. Well, they can be really helpful. But if you're not asking, how are you doing and how can I pray for you, in addition to using the programs, which are
1: kind of the excuse for you getting together
0: and yeah, asking those questions, sure. you're missing the entire point of Christian community.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody wants to see, and I don't care if this is the biggest, toughest, alpha male yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Everybody wants to be seen, loved, and heard, period. Mm. Seen, loved, and heard. I wanna know that I'm needed, that mm. I'm loved, and I'm wanted.
0: You know Leah, uh, Leah Saldini, Leah Darrow?
1: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful
0: story, she met her husband, he was, in, he was a Green Beret. Yeah. And, uh, and she just thought, this guy's just a player. So, and he was he was trying to, you know, date her. And yeah. she's she just cornered him. She's like, what do you want? And he said, I want someone to truly know me. Yeah. She's like, okay, marry me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, she's like, do you have the ring right now? Or like, yeah. <laughs> but most no. people, most you feel that, and we don't even give voice to it.
1: Right. And, but we're so afraid because we haven't been vulnerable that we say, okay, I feel like I need to do something for men or for myself spiritually. And that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, you, then, and you feel like you'll be the only guy who wants to do it, and all, all guys are like, I wanna be known, I right. want to be a real community.
1: That's like, right, just, but instead, because of our fear, we go, all right, I'm gonna grab this, you know, 58-minute, 56-second video, and I'm yeah. gonna hit play, and then at the end, we'll pray real quick and leave, and feel like we've done something, and those are good things. Anytime you call anybody into a greater knowledge of our faith or anything, it's a good thing. Yeah. But what's missing is that, like, sitting down in, in just that person-to-person relationship, yeah. You know, so many people today, we confuse, we don't know what authentic friendship is. We think, well, I work next to this guy in a cubicle, so we're, we're, we're friends. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're friends of convenience, right? Most of the time, if that guy gets promoted, if he right. gets moved even up a floor level, yeah. you're probably not gonna hang out that much anymore. It's because it was convenient. Most of us don't have somebody in our life that if we blow a tire at two in the morning, we can call and they'll show up with a jack and help you fix it, yeah. right? We don't have people that, that will say to you like, John, I know you're having trouble in your life, sit down and tell me about it because I care about you and I wanna hear it. And okay. I wanna know how, how do we help. get that?
0: And you're on a mission to, to make sure that parishes are place, places where this intentionally happens. Yeah. Uh, that men's groups are, are places where guys are actually forming vulnerable, real fellowship in Christ. Yeah.
1: What do I, what do, I do? Lead me, John. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, there's reasons that we don't have these in our parishes. Yeah. I mean, we've called around a lot of parishes in our ministry and found out, you know, there's, there's some with five and 600 areas, with 500 or 600 parishes. And there's less than 6% that have anything for men. anything at all. Well, they have Knights of Columbus, which has been always more service-oriented. It is needed. It's a great thing. No, but even a lot of the Knights will tell you, we'd like to go deeper. Right, yeah. How do we do that? Yeah, and so so there's this great need, and the reason it doesn't exist is usually three things. Like, father wants one, but father's trying to figure out how to pave the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Father's writing homilies. Father's probably understaffed and trying to run a parish without it falling apart. So he doesn't have the time. The second thing is, guys want it, but I'm convicted of my shame. I'm not the right guy. How am I gonna go in there and talk about Jesus when I'm still struggling with acts? Yeah. And then the last thing is, I wanna lead, but I don't know how the heck to do it, right? What do I do? So what we try to go around and do is first of all, you know, share with men the testimony, my testimony. You say, look, I know right now you don't think God can use you, but let me tell you how he can.
0: Start your testimony.
1: All right, yeah, start with my testimony. I'm like, because I know you think I'm just another guy that's blowing in here and I probably came out of the womb with holy water and a Bible. and. Yeah, but that's not true. I've been in jail, all these things, whatever. But God did something with me that that I could not do for myself, and he will do the same with you if you just believe he can. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you feel called to lead, don't let the reason you, you don't lead be because you don't believe that you can. Because it's not about you. It's about what God can do through you mm. and what you're going to allow Him to so do.
0: So if you feel like He's start calling you to start, be, be part of the solution. Right. Don't yeah. look to Father. Stop being a clericalist. Right. Right. Our priests are not. We are. Yeah. Like, Father, you should do all this stuff. Sure, like, do, sure. Please help me.
1: Yeah. Uh, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just, and, I mean, that's, that's what happened to me. I had a priest that said, I believe that you could do something with this group, and I give you freedom to do it.
0: What's a healthy men's ministry look like? You're coaching them, they're like, yeah. okay. And by the way, do you do, you do intentional coaching for parish
1: yeah, so, so, yeah. So we. Where,
0: where do people get in touch with you for that?
1: We, you go to com on our okay. events and book me page. There's pilgrimages and all that stuff. But like in the middle of it is the men's ministry piece. You go there, you sign mm-hmm. up, you schedule, it'll schedule a calendly call with me. And I'll actually yeah. get on the phone with them and sit down and say, what's your parish like? Do you have men that, that want this first of all? Because there's a difference between a pastor saying, hey, will y'all do this? And the guys will show up and sweep the floor because Father asked them yeah. to versus guys who were actually looking for. You're something gonna get a lot of calls after this show, bro. Well I, mean, I hope so. I mean, because I want to help people. I won't be able to awesome. find what I've found, right? Yeah. Because the guys in my group they come to me all the time, they go, John, thank you for what you've done in my life. And honestly, I'm like, thank you for what you've done in mine. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's not about what I'm doing. It's not John the Catholic speaker in there. It's John another brother in the Lord. Amen. Trying to walk with other brothers in the Lord, right? And and those guys have no idea. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for them. <laughs>
0: Amen.
1: Right? And so like that's what I want other people to feel is like our spirituality and, and our men's groups don't have to be, and no offense to people who've had it this way forever, but boring things that are just like, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna have a donut, I'm gonna shake somebody's hand, I'm gonna leave. These should be life-changing oh, yeah. experiences. Oh, yeah. Our parishes are supposed to be places for the broken to go in and to find our Lord and be yeah, fixed. Yeah. And so I work with them and I say, give me guys that have a heart for the Lord. I don't care if they're, the, they're an ex-convict that got out yesterday. Give me somebody that has a heart for the Lord and then let's give them the freedom and the teaching they need. So we're changing our website around now where it's not John the Catholic Podcaster and Speaker. It's here's the issue with men, here's the need, and here's what we're doing to fix it. Awesome. And if you want our help, then then we'll we'll help you. So, Thanks for doing that, man. Yeah. So we go do Pierce Missions where I give three talks. One is on my story. Uh, one is on uh, identity, restoring your identity, yeah. who you are, who you are, and what you're here for. Because people struggle with purpose yep. in the middle of their life usually. What am I here for? Yeah. And then the last one is the most important thing, a personal relationship with Jesus. And yes, it's Catholic. Praise God. So that that's what drives your passion. And then while we're there, after you those talks, small yeah, I sit down and I have an it's implementation everything. guide. Here's why we have this group. Here's the, what the leadership structure looks like. Don't do it by yourself, after your or four other guys so you don't have to carry the load and burn out. Yeah. And then here's the structure, four pillars. What's the, what's the four pillars? Give us your secret sauce right oh, now. I will, man. This is it. So I sat down in adoration. After Take about out your a pens. Year. This is the secret sauce. <laughs> yes. yes you're right. for if it free. Works, If it doesn't work, don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we had been meeting in my group for a couple of years, and guys were showing up. we were being super vulnerable, but guys were calling me on like Monday, and they're going, "Man, do you have a minute? My life stinks. My wife and I are fighting. My daughter and I are mad at each other. Yeah. What do I need to do? I was still working at the auto parts place at the time. I was supposed to be making sales calls. So one guy in particular would call every week, and I'd be on the phone an hour and a half. And eventually I was praying in adoration. I said, Lord, they're great on Wednesday nights for an hour and 15 minutes, but why, why is it not taken through the rest of the week? And he said, you're being a crutch for them, John. You're being a crutch. They have to do it. It can't be you doing it. Mm-hmm. So a week later, I, I went to adoration again. This guy calls. He says, John, let me, do you have a minute? I said, no, I don't. I said, I, I know you're going to go into a diatribe about how bad your life is. I just want to ask you a couple questions. Have you prayed? No. Have you been to mass? No. Have you been to confession? No. Have you been to adoration? No. Have you done anything spiritual? No. Call me back when you've done one of those things. <laughs> well, weren't you supposed to be my friend? Yeah, I'm being your friend right now. I'm being your friend right now. He hung up the phone. Good calls me back man. the next day. It's hard to do. It is. He wasn't happy about it. He called back the next day and he goes, <laughs> you were right. I went front set the tabernacle and I got clarity. Wow. So I started going, okay, this is about discipleship. We can't just show up to a men's group and use it as a, as a, city dump either, right? Yeah, we, yeah. This is how I suck this week, Chris. You know yeah, We can't yeah. just do that. So what, uh, what we started to do is I went to adoration again. I said, Lord, you were the best evangelist ever, right? The mm-hmm. greatest evangelist ever. I'm not gonna make the new, new, new evangelization. So what did you do, right? So we, we had four times we met during the month and I left with a journal that said, I mm-hmm. formed my disciples, I worshiped with my disciples, I served with them and I fellowshiped. I looked at that and I Form, go, worship, formed worship serve. service. And Fellowship. Fellowship. That's beautiful. So instead of like, part of the reason most people, men and women both, get sick of Bible studies is because it's very, it can be very boring after a while. To sit in a room for an hour every week and go, all right, turn the page, whatever, yeah. read, and then people,
0: well, there's a, there's needs in the soul that aren't met by doing one thing. Right. All the there's time.
1: a wholeness to a person. Yeah. And so this four pillar approach reaches that wholeness. People want to know our Lord, and we need to know our faith formation night.
0: So that's where you're studying your stuff.
1: Yeah, it's where you're studying. That's cool. And it, sometimes it's not even watching a video. Sometimes they'll go, we, are we watching a video? I go, no, we're going to talk about what's going on with you. Yeah. Who wants to start? Okay. And then we open it up, and whatever happens, if it's pride or anger, we get in the Word, and this is what the Lord says about it. People share their experiences. You have awesome. Paul and Timothy relationships developed. Awesome. But the other piece is is worship. Um, we have a night where men stand stand shoulder to shoulder together, and we have a daily Mass. We have adoration. We have confession we're offering men an opportunity Beautiful. for two sacraments, and and then adoration with the Lord, which most men don't have, spend a lot of time doing. Yeah. Or we have another priest that does a healing holy hour where he chants and there's candles lit everywhere and it's amazing and it's awesome. guys are crying and it's it's awesome. And then the next night is service and it's like we I want to go serve the Lord but I don't want to walk into the soup kitchen by myself or I don't know how to or where to. Yeah. So we invite those men to go do it
0: together. And you see each other's vulnerability and humanness yeah. in that kind of setting.
1: You do, because you're sitting there, it's a different type relationship at that point. When you're on formation and all those things and at worship, you're focused on that. But when you're sitting there boxing up food at Catholic Charities next to a guy, you can talk about life. You can talk about just you know what he likes, all that. So you grow in your relationships. Then the last night's fellowship, did we go throw axes. We go bowling. We go to Grizzlies basketball games. We've done all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Bourbon and cigars in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Just doing life together. And that's what we're trying to go out is, I, I don't have all the answers. But what I know is our Lord did this. And you yeah. and I wouldn't be sitting here today he if he did. Right. I know he well, did. Well, he probably did. <laughs> well, <laughs> if he, he could have. If not, he created it for <laughs> other people to do it. So he must be a fan, right? So, but, but yeah, like it's literally just, this doesn't have to be complicated. The reason we don't have this is because I'm afraid that I'm not a good leader. I don't know how. We can help with that, right? Yeah. I don't know how to do it either, but God
0: showed me and other people did a too. A lot of that kind of coaching, uh, we, we do these, these parish outreach events where we're yeah. telling people to invite their town back to God. And, and uh, again, the secret sauce, when people hear it, it's like, is that's it? Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> y- you literally need someone on the phone all the time to just keep telling you, just do that, yeah. just do it. You're actually good enough
1: to do this, just do it. Just yeah. do it. Just we do like it. to overcomplicate everything. It yeah. must be harder than that. Yeah. But it's not, God wants yeah, and your yes. Yeah,
0: the coach comes, comes back to please keep it simple. Please That's stop right. complicating it.
1: That's right. It's like God wants your yes and then he wants your humility so that he can work through you. And then results happen. I love it. Right, And results happen. So we're going all over the country and doing these missions and just saying look, there needs to be something for men. Yeah. Our church is broken in a big part because men have abdicated their responsibilities. Mm. right? We're not living as the husbands and fathers we're supposed to be. We're not living as the leaders of the parish that we're supposed to be. This has fallen on a lot of our wives to do everything, to be moms yeah. and, and spouses, and now lead, take the role of the men in the church. Mm. And it's not supposed to be that way. God made, for, made the men to be the spiritual leaders of the family and of the church. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is go, look, I don't, I don't care what you've done. God doesn't care about what you've done. He cares about what you have the potential to do. Mm. And like, so we come into these groups because we're not supposed to do this alone. Like, this is why God sent out the apostles two by two. This is why Jesus sent them out together because he knew one of them might fall and there'd be another one to pick them up. Mm. I love this. And this is what we need in I our life. It. I love it. And when we come together, it's like, you know what? This version, if I live for Jesus and I'm going to lose everything and I'm not going to know who I am anymore, there's no one who knows more about who you're yeah. supposed to be than the one who created you. Yeah. Right, and so when you open that up, you talk so much about joy. That's that's what place where joy comes from. Because yeah. I've now figured out what, hopefully, what my gifts are, how I can serve the Lord and others, and just the abundance of joy just rolls from that.
0: Well, well, and what you're tapping into here is isn't just a key for joy, but for renewal in the church. Yeah, and you know this because you were raised a Baptist, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know this because I obsess on this stuff. Like, what's what's the key to renewal in the church? Uh, you look at the non-denominational churches that are kicking our butts. And yeah. It's all small groups. It's it all authentic human connections. Where the, yes, they're studying things. Yes, they're doing service. But all along, they're they're getting to know and they're they're being known by the people, in yeah. the groups. And to answer that need, in the, in the in like the, the, we can't compete with a lot of the stuff. The world's going to do. Sure. We can't we can't compete with, with uh you know with Broadway when we're at mass. Like, yeah, you know, this right. is a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this world cannot compete with that that place where it's like come here and be real. Yeah. And that's not something that our pastor can do for us. We have to do it person to gotta person. take up that charge, man. My
1: bishop always says, Bishop Talley in Memphis, he's amazing, he always says 1% of the church is on this side of the altar, right? The rest is over not there. Even, Where do you think the change right? is gonna happen, right? And that's, that's the thing, Chris. It's just, it's, uh, it's up to us to do something about it. We're called to live in those gifts and to figure out what our purpose is. And, and it's about relationship, not institutionalism. And oftentimes, as Catholics, our faith can become very institutional. Mm. In fact, you know, I, I don't know the quote off the top of my head, word for word, but Pope Benedict XVI said that this is the reason that most people don't find joy in the faith, mm. as we see it as something institutional, mm. instead of an encounter with a, a relationship with Christ.
0: Bro, thanks for sharing your life with us and yeah. for showing us how to share our lives with each other. Yeah. Uh, you're watching. You've been watching me for a while, some of y'all. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. I, <laughs> go ahead, say it. I'm serious. State your name. No, don't say state your name, say your real name. Promise to start a small group. Even though, go ahead, repeat after me. I'm not sure what that means. I just signed them up. <laughs> yeah. Do something. Get the resources off formed. Get resources off what's your site? Just to get
1: on the pew.com. Justigay on the
0: pew.com, real life Catholic. Like I don't care where you get Amen. them. Make that your excuse just to get together. Share life together and I love that flow because this is something yeah. like youth ministries do but most adult groups don't do. You know, have your night where you're just ax throwing and being stupid. Yeah. Have your night of service. Have your night where there's formation. But in, in all these things, be real with each other. Amen. And be intentional about being real with each other. Lord, help us to not complicate things. You're too simple for us to understand. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is, Yep. <laughs> right? Your path is too simple for us to understand. Hey, I love you, buddy. I Thank love you. you too, man. <laughs> it's going right, to be with you, the man. Opportunity. See, most most of our guests are so small that I can't actually hug them. Oh, yeah, yeah we can away. hug them this far away. The, like, this is actually, yeah, this is working. My freakishly long he, he arms. It like 15 feet. <laughs> love you guys. Thanks for watching. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.